Welcome to the Mothers of Misfits podcast. Join me for conversations about how to advocate for our kids in a one-size-fits-all world. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Welcome back. Today, we're discussing the top five tips for staying well while schooling from home with Dr. Alyssa Wright. Dr. Alyssa is on a mission to help educate families about all things health and wellness, whether it be in her chiropractic office or on her podcast. She shares tips and tricks for making raising a holistic family both easy and fun. Welcome to the podcast, Alyssa. Thank you so much for having me. This is exciting because a lot of us are living this virtual school work from home life. So this couldn't be more well-timed advice. And on that point, you know, the focus of this conversation is going to be on our kids, but these tips apply just as much to us parents who are working from home or primarily have a desk job, right? Yep, absolutely. The best thing about all of these is they're for everybody in the family. Mm. And I'm always looking for ways to engage family time, even in the smallest of ways. So when I set up these tips, I went, okay, how can we engage family time and everyone take a break together and simple, easy to do? I love that. Yes, we need life to be easier. We don't need more things to add complexity and complication to our day. So this is awesome. So these are promised to be easy to implement and a time that you can actually come together and sort of huddle for a few minutes as a family and break up your day. So let's get to it. What is tip number one? So tip number one is I am realizing a lot of my patients are sitting in the same position all day long. So I see pictures of, you know, my patients will take pictures of their kiddos and they are hunched Mm -hmm. over in this full blown C shape. (laughs) Yeah. Or like, not good. They look like they're melting into the ground. (laughs) Yeah. So that first tip is to set up a space that you can switch from sitting to standing. And the easiest way to do that is we all have shipping boxes laying around right now because so much stuff is coming into our house, Mm -hmm. is to save a shipping box, have family decorating time to make everybody their own box, and put your tablet or your computer on your box. So now you have a free way to go from a sitting desk to a standing desk. I love that. And the art creative time that's involved too. But that is so smart. We already have the tools for that because I've looked into standing desks and they are hundreds of dollars on the low end. And sometimes that's just not feasible in the space that you have. You know, not even everybody has a dedicated office or schooling space right now. So to go out and make that big investment in a new piece of furniture is huge. But that is so easy and obvious. And I could see that for my son who's totally fidgety. He's always moving around. So sitting in a chair is just not even his jam. So that would also allow him to just move around and, you know, do his thing while he's engaged in learning. Yep, absolutely. And I find that a lot when you have just a little bit more space and you can kind of, you know, use movement while you're learning. It can be game changing for a lot of people, myself included. (laughs) Yeah, one of the things that I recommend for a lot of families, particularly kiddos who are innately, again, tactile, moving around a lot like my Mason, I encourage them to consider switching out their desk chair for an exercise ball. What do you think about something like that? Yep, same thing. Um, I love the exercise balls. The only 
caveat to exercise balls is you use all of these core muscles. Mm -hmm. So if all of a sudden you're hearing your little one rolling off the ball, (laughs) (laughs) whoops, where all of a sudden like the game turns into falling off the ball, Mm -hmm. that's just their sign that they're probably done at strengthening their core for the day and to switch position. But it's a great way to get that strength going. Just be aware of that little sign because we we all have it. We're all of a sudden we're like, ugh, rolling and sinking. <laughs> okay, okay, good advice. So maybe in small doses, but that's a nice way to switch things up, engage different parts of your body. And then selfishly, because I am guilty of all of this. I was pointing at myself while she was saying we're all sitting and kind of hunching. My husband reminds me all of the time that that is just something I'm prone to doing because I work with a laptop and, you know, it's just not, this world was not designed by chiropractors, right? We would look a lot different. What about parents who are listening and they need an actual chair for some of the time? They can do the standing desk idea too. Is there a particular brand or type of chair that you recommend? It seems to be all based on your body shape because some of these chairs are not made for shorter people. Some of these chairs are not made for taller people. So I recommend sitting on chairs and you want your feet to be able to touch the ground. Okay. And are we looking for lumbar support, armrests? Is there anything else that we should say, okay, check, check, check. These things have to be present. Feet touching the ground is my number one, because if your feet are touching the ground, everything else is set up. And I actually don't like sitting back into a chair because if you sit back into your chair, you're instantly going to slump. So I always say sit at the edge of your chair, feet on the ground, and that's going to set you up for success. And what about those monitors that you could put on your back that I've seen advertised that let you know when you're slumping? Is that just a gimmick? I think the, I haven't tested them out, Mm -hmm. so I'm not sure. But from what I've seen of them, there's some basis in there. I just think every time you look at your cell phone, it would go off. Every time you bend down and look at a laptop, it would go off. So I don't know how it would actually work day in and day out in real life. Okay. That's good to know. Well, if anybody who's listening has tried it, let us know. Give us the feedback. Okay. So (laughs) tip number two. Tip number two comes into the laptop situation And this is one where I recommend spending, it's about $20, but getting a device holder, whether it be for a laptop or for a tablet, it brings your computer up so it's eye level. Okay. And that kind of goes with tip number one, where we're just raising things up. We're raising things up. And for some people, you know, they don't want the box, they need the room. And if that's the case, the device holder. Um, Also with how awkward our desks are right now, I find a lot of the times a device holder is really helpful for the littles because if they're in bed studying or laying on the floor studying, they move into so many different positions. As adults, we tend to be like table desk, a little more structured. Mm -hmm. They're all over the place. So having a holder that they can bring with them really, really helps keep them upright. So we're talking about something that would attach to the laptop. Is there a particular brand, again, that you recommend? Yep. I can send it to you afterwards. Perfect. And we will post it to the episode page. So everybody be sure after this episode to go to mothersofmisfits.com and catch her episode page. And we'll put all of Dr. Alyssa's recommendations there and links. So you can just go straight to everything because that would be phenomenal. Let's just make it real easy for everybody. They can just go right there and buy everything they need. Okay. And 
What about book reading? Are we to elevate our books as well, kind of in the same position? Yes. Short okay. answer, yes. When it's a paper book, we actually kind of do it ourselves because when we're holding that book, you know, if you pretend to hold a book, all of a sudden notice your posture if you're holding your book in front of your face. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this while she's <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm checking all this out. But you're right. We do. We sort of straighten up like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. We straighten up. Our shoulders come back. Our head comes up because we're ready to read. So if you're reading a paper book, you kind of already have a built-in one if you're holding that book. Mm-hmm. The tablets are a little bit different because you bring them in and they're not as wide and you kind of shrink and shrivel back down. So tablets, you know, use your holder to keep them upright and books that's already built in. Interesting. Okay. Tip number three. Tip number three is really paying attention and taking regular breaks. So as you know, I'm sure much more than I know, those breaks are really important for our brains. We can only focus on things for so long during the day. And if we don't accept that and see that and stand up, move around, get some energy, we're going to shut down. And our little littles are, you know, maybe 30 minutes is where they can live. And as we get older, maybe 90 minutes, but I'm going to be honest, I think even 90 minutes can be really challenging. Yeah. And these don't have to be hour long breaks, five, 10 minute breaks. Even if it's just a standing break, get up, stand up, Maybe touch your toes a couple of times, sit back down. I mean, even that counts, right? Yeah, even that counts. And my favorite things to do is I come up with different activity stations. So pieces of paper on the wall. Maybe one is 10 jumping jacks. Maybe one is a scavenger hunt. Maybe one is, you know, jumping on a little mini trampoline. Different activities. So that way, if you are working and you're like, okay, so now... My kids have to take a break every 30 to 60 minutes. I'm trying to work. They're going to come bother me. What am I going to do to have pre-designated stations where it's like, okay, go run through five stations and then get back to it that are super, super simple. And adults can also do them. Yeah, but that is such a good point because as a household of two full-time working parents, It sounds great and all for everybody to take a break, but yeah, they have to be independent and I I can't necessarily break up my work schedule every 30 minutes, every 60 minutes. So I love that idea. And especially for the little littles, as you say, having pictures. So they're not having to read any um, lengthy instructions, but it's real obvious. Okay. There's the jumping jack. And I definitely want your link for the trampoline, the indoor trampoline. I think that would be fun. I know my kids would get a kick out of that. So, so important to move around. And from my area of expertise, it's also important to have those mental breaks because just like our physical energy runs out, so does our mental energy. And there's a law of diminishing returns. You know, you hit this point where you really have to stop striving and give yourself a chance to do a bunch of nothing. And I'm a big proponent of after the school day is done, whatever the school day looks like for you having a lot of free time rather than, you know, it's really tempting to have your kids come straight home from school or finish up their school day and get their homework done, get it out of the way. And I know that feels good, but likely like you at the end of a day of work, your brain, their brain is just done. 
and they need to go play in the yard. They need to run around. Yeah, maybe watch a little bit of stupid TV just to give that moment of refresh so they can get back into doing their homework or whatever else that it is that they need to do. And honestly, I think that'll save a lot of families from some tantrums and some fights because, again, their little brains are tired, just like their bodies need that break too. Yep, absolutely. And that's that's the great thing that I find with these little breaks is it can be whatever your child needs. Maybe for your little, it's more of a, hey, I actually just need a 10-minute TV timeout where I can just stop. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they need a 10-minute, I need to run around in circles in the yard. So that's one of the great ways of this is you can kind of adapt it to your child. And I also think a really great thing about all the virtual learning and at home so much more is there is an opportunity to just switch so that way you're really supporting your kiddo. Mm -hmm. And we're teaching them to self-advocate. You know, if we can give them the option to say, I, in this moment, need to just veg versus I'm aware of my body telling me I need to go out and run around. And I think that's an important lesson in this too, is that self-awareness, that cultivation of communicating needs, both physically and mentally, and having that conversation with parents, giving them the independence to make some of those choices amongst options that we give them. There's a lot of life lessons in that. I love that. Yep. Yep. Lots of different ways that you can take those little breaks, but super, super important. Yeah. So are we on tip number four? We are. Okay. I was looking at my list. I was like, I don't know which number we're at. We're just chatting away. So, okay. <laughs> tip number four. Tip number four is to remember to hydrate. So the biggest thing I'm noticing is we're out of our normal rhythms. Maybe when we're at school, we're going to the drinking fountain. We have our lunch. We kind of have built in water breaks And as adults, when we were at our desks at our office, we kind of had our built-in go refill our water bottle. We all had schedules. Mm -hmm. Now we're out of that schedule. And then with wearing masks as often as we are, we're not just drinking water like we used to be. So hydrating is another really big one. My personal favorite is to have water bottles with the time written on them. Oh, interesting. So that way, everyone in the family has their water bottle. And on one side of the water bottle, it's 9, 10, 11, 12. And on the other side of the bottle, it's 2, 3, 4, 5. And you fill it up twice. And when the time comes, you need to have your water below that level. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and the nice thing about going on the hour is that's also probably when classes switching or your meetings, you're switching from one meeting to the next. So that is also a good trigger to take a drink in between. Something that I like doing as a visual reminder is I put a coaster on my desk and a coaster on my kid's desk because that's the visual reminder. Oh, I need something on that coaster. I need my glass of water. And oftentimes I will start with my glass and then I will have my amount that I need to get done for the day next to the glass. So it's just right there and I can keep refilling. And if you like it cold, you could put it in, you know, a thermos or something to keep it cool. But for me, if I can start the day with that set up, I'm so much more inclined to maintain that. Because once I start my work day, I am focused and I often don't come up for air. (laughs) So That's good for me. And those visual reminders I find to be really helpful. And like you said, just even to mark 
the times to keep you accountable. I like that. Yep. And it's also a great opportunity for a family project because sometimes water gets boring. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure everyone's heard that at some point in time. Water's boring. I don't like how it tastes. All of those fun little stories. I, you know, tell my patients to get a big pitcher of water and you can pick what fruit water you want for the day. So everyone has a day of the week where they pick the water for the family and maybe it's raspberries and lime, maybe it's watermelon, but putting the fruit into the water actually also makes your body absorb it better. Really? I didn't know that trick. Yeah. Something called gel water, but water with some plant uh-huh. you will actually absorb more. Because it triggers your digestive system? Would that be what's happening here? Yep. And the little micro minerals help your body cells go, oh, I want to pull that water into my cells, which hydrates your cells and flushes your cells and just gets rid of all the stagnant stuff. I had no idea. That's fascinating. Okay. Tip number five. Tip number five is very much so for our littles. And it's really to make sure that they have the tools to ask for help and to switch subjects often. I'm hearing the stories and seeing the experiences of there isn't a teacher there who is reading the faces of what's going on. There's not someone really there to catch before there's an overflow. So just helping to work with your little on, hey, you know, if you can't get the teacher's attention, what are the steps we're going to take so that way you feel supported? Because I think it's a big one that we kind of forget about. Oh, yeah, you're right. And I would say as well, we know that children learn differently and they operate differently just as adults do. So some kids need that switching between subjects and that variety while others need to do one subject at a time from start to completion. And usually the educational system is more tailored towards the latter student. But it all goes back to what we talked about before. Know your child. Know your child's formula for success. And then empower them to self-advocate. And knowing when things are getting clunky and friction filled for them so they can say, you know, this isn't working. I need to change things up. And I do agree with you. That's one of the positives of virtual learning. You have more freedom in the environment. And it's about just opening those lines of communication. But I also love that you're saying, let's empower them with the plan. So rather than them having a tantrum, crying because they're so frustrated or barging in on your call that you need some privacy for, If they know, okay, you know, mama told me take these three steps, do these three things. And then if those don't work, I can go get her. I I think that just makes so much sense too. We're we're creating those independent kiddos, independent learners, helping them problem solve for themselves. But a lot of times, while it seems obvious to adults to go ask for help, kids might need to have that clearly stated and reinforced that that's okay to do. Yep, absolutely. And that's what you know, that's the nice last little reminder of every child's different. Mm -hmm. And those reminders of giving those pieces like, hey, if you're feeling this way, let's try this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And listen to those feelings because they're telling you something important. Yep, absolutely. And we need to 
listen to them early on before they build into something that really feels disruptive for you, disruptive for our day, but listen to all those little moments and then make adjustments as needed. So on some level, this might be obvious, but talk us through what the dangers would be if we don't follow these tips. So being a chiropractor, I'm always looking at posture. Mm. And it breaks my little heart seeing all of these little kids bent over because long-term, they're getting set up for degeneration and arthritis and chronic pain and headaches and scoliosis and all of these things that can stay with them forever. So my big educational push is let's really pay attention to it and teach all those habits and get into the habit of being upright young because it's so important. (laughs) Yeah, well, there's a lot on the line. Those are some pretty scary, very real, very big consequences. Yeah, there are. And I always like try to skirt around them. But I think it's really important to remember what spinal health is. I mean, we go to the dentist every six months to make sure our teeth are straight and our teeth are clean. It's the same thing. And our nervous system controls everything. So making sure that we're really on point with posture and that our brain is getting really good feedback. And the fun fact is when we have good posture, it makes our brain happy. When our brain's happy, learning's easier. Hmm. Another little interesting tip there. <laughs> I love that. And I'm I'm still stuck on how we digest water better when, when we put things in it. So <laughs> Okay, so you have a podcast that regularly addresses health and wellness issues, particularly for mamas. So can you tell us more about that? Yep. So it is Balancing Holistic Mamas. And each week I interview, I just chit chat, but it's basically answering all of the questions that you might have about chiropractic, nutrition, movement, holistic living, and just what are the little things you can do to increase your health of your family. And my ultimate goal is to make them quick, easy, and inexpensive. Love that. Dr. Alyssa, thank you again for coming on and sharing these top tips for staying well while we're schooling and working from home. These are, like you said, they're easy, they're quick, they're fun, and just what we need. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Mothers of Misfits podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. We also invite you to visit us at mothersofmisfits.com.